Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we're talking about a film called Our Friend. It came out just a couple weeks ago, starring Casey Affleck, Jason Segel, and Dakota Johnson. And uh, it is a real tearjerker, but... Um, we had a good time talking about it, though. It is, uh, it's out now, like I said, on VOD, and with me to talk about it is Josh from Merc with a Movie Blog, his first time on the show, so I'm very happy to have him on the show. We have a great conversation for you guys, and before we get into it, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. If you're enjoying the show, we really do appreciate your reviews just had a couple of great new reviews the uh, last week and uh just know i very much appreciate that whenever you guys do that uh you can also follow us on social media at piecing pod and join our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces where we continue the conversation about all of the movies we talk about here on the show so with that said let's get into this conversation about our friend <music> All right, so joining us today on the show, we've got Josh from Merc with a Movie Blog. Josh, how's it going? It's going pretty good. I'm uh, excited to talk some movies. Yeah, this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be fun. Unlike the movie, which is very sad, uh, but we're gonna have some fun. Sounds good. (laughs) uh, Before we get into this movie, our friend, uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about you and what you do? Well, uh, I run a a website called Merc with Movie Blog, where uh, I do movie reviews. movie news, stuff like that. Uh, we have some podcasts over there. We do uh, a bunch of different stuff. Uh, we do like a man. We have a Mandalorian review show. We have uh, a bachelor nation show over there. Really <laughs> weird. Uh, but people seem to like it. So we, yeah, we got, um, we just started an MCU TV type of podcast. So we're right now we're covering WandaVision and we'll be sure. going into all the other, other, uh, other shows from there. But uh, yeah, I've been, doing i've had it going since 2013 uh that's when i started writing reviews uh just had my own website for there i also run uh, a site called dc comics news as well where i do stuff over there so yeah just uh writing and editing that seems to be my life lately right yeah Yeah. well there's there's plenty to cover and uh it sounds like you cover a lot of it so (laughs) that is that is good man that is good well uh this movie our friend um was this one that you would was it like on your radar like heading up to the release 
No, uh, I had gotten a screener from Film Independent, but I had never heard of it before. Um, when it mm -hmm. popped up uh, to to register for the screener, I saw that Jason Siegel and Casey Affleck were in it. I was like, oh, okay, I'll check that sure. out. Absolutely. And uh, I was very pleasantly surprised. But uh, yeah, I'd never, I didn't know about it. I didn't know about the, the source behind it uh, at all either. So uh, it, was, it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, th that's kind of how I came to it as well. And I mean, my number one thing was like, oh, wow, Jason Siegel. Uh, yeah. Where's he been? You know, yeah, he, does, he doesn't I, do a lot of like film. Uh, I know he's been doing a, a TV show. Sure. Uh, I don't remember yeah. what it's called, but uh, it's apparently, apparently it's pretty weird. I, I guess, I mean, you know, he, he really kind of blazes way through the mid 2000s, like really uh, it's so much stuff. And yeah. some of it might even come up in some of our puzzle pieces here. But uh, nice. and now he's just, I guess, picking and choosing what he wants to do. And this is an interesting role for him. And of course, Casey Affleck is I mean, he's great in everything. I mean, you know, we don't have to get into the questionableness of, of his character or anything like that. He's, he's a fantastic actor, and uh, this is another great role. And Dakota Johnson is in yeah. a really great role lately. I mean, everything she's been doing, I think, has been excellent. And this is uh, definitely no different from a lot of what she's been up to. But uh, yeah, we'll talk more about the movie along the way. Uh, what do you got for your first puzzle piece? All right. So all of mine, uh, I tried to kind of tie them to different parts of the movie uh so like you know they're not all about cancer or you know and stuff like that sure um uh, <laughs> but the first one that i'm gonna talk about is uh and that is 50 50 the uh, okay. joseph gordon levitt movie uh i i had just seen this movie for the first time like maybe three months ago and i really i really liked it. a lot of people had been talking it up for me uh and i was like well okay i, I should i should get around to to checking this out and mm. i really liked it um the reason that i put it on here specifically is to me it really kind of showcased the aspect of our friend where friendship is the thing that can help you through those those tough times even mm. when you don't realize that you need it and we see right, that right. in our friend you know where you know, matt casey affleck's character doesn't doesn't really a lot of times think that he needs the help even though in the end he he does and he does realize it in the end um, and you see that in 5050 with Joseph Gordon Levitt and uh Seth uh, Rogan's character so I don't sure. know, I, I really yeah. I really enjoyed that one quite a bit so no that's a great first piece to uh start this thing out on and I'm I'm surprised I hadn't thought of it cuz that's such a great movie and you know of course dealing with death but also dealing with friendship and yeah. that 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 whole thing of just needing somebody to kind of help you guide your way through everything that that goes on at that point yeah it was the first it was the first movie that popped into my head when I was trying to think of what I would do, it was the because probably because I had just watched it so recently. But nice, yeah, nice. it uh, it was the first one that popped in. Nice. So uh, yeah, and and I think one other thing to to using fifty fifty and and just like kind of jumping into the conversation about the movie. I think to me this movie, uh, our friend. I, I'm very mixed on it. There's things about it I really liked, and there's things about it I don't like. You know, it's a little kind of you know cancer manipulative kind of kind of stuff you know all, all that, that you know very emotional like uh not a hundred percent earned i don't know but <laughs> i i wish that it it did 
build up the friend element even more, which it is, it's kind of the hook of this movie that, that stops it from just being a movie about this family going through this horrible, horrible thing. And obviously this is based on a real memoir. And from what I understand, I read a couple of reviews of uh, the movie that talk about the, you know, the book itself. I, I understand it's even more gut wrenching the, the, the book and they kind of lightened it a little bit which is hard to imagine because it's already so damn sad yeah uh, but i i think that it, and and again i i wouldn't i feel like maybe i'd be complaining that they changed it too much if they did but at the same time i kind of i kind of wish they leaned into that friendship because it's such an interesting uh topic to 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 deal with that you know having this person that just gets you through this yeah, I I agree. I I think that is something I would have liked to have seen more of. Is is just that that dichotomy between the, the, the these characters really being friends as opposed to just uh, you know trying to. I mean, obviously we see a lot of that. So you know we see a lot of you know the, them trying to help each other out, but it really just it jumps into the hard parts right away, and we don't get to see as much of the the building of that friendship. Uh, sure, as much as I would have of liked to have seen. Absolutely. Well, I'll go for my first piece. Uh, I said Jason Siegel will probably show up in some puzzle pieces. I might as well get this one out of the way first. And that is 2009's I Love You, Man, uh, with oh, Jason Siegel choice. and Paul Rudd. Obviously a much lighter film, yes. uh, but, but also about a sensitive guy who doesn't, you know, really do that good at making friends. And, uh, you know, it's all about just how important it is, especially at this particular age in life, when it starts to become a little bit harder to make really good friends, to really find one and connect and really hold on to that friendship and how important that can be for a person. And uh, Jason Siegel, there's just something about him. He is just perfect for this kind of character. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I know I've seen this movie uh one time and i remember mm -hmm. enjoying it uh quite a bit it, it, i the thing that i always seem to remember is the, the him playing the bass yes yes in that movie that slapping the bass i always i don't know like i always remember that my brother always quotes that to me um, that's the standout for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's definitely one that i think i would like to go back and and, and rewatch because i remember really enjoying it quite a bit absolutely yeah I, I need to go back to it because it's come up on the show a bunch uh lately so okay. i definitely need to uh go back and check it out again yeah definitely if, if it keeps if it keeps coming up definitely <laughs> yeah exactly that that kind of that helps build my watch list if a movie keeps coming up on this show it's like i really owe it to to myself and the listeners to uh go watch it again yeah <laughs> but what do you got next uh my next one is the upside with uh, okay. Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. I've never seen the original, The Intouchables. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know how it compares. Uh, I'm only going by this movie. So, you know, you guys out there are hating on the upside. I'm sorry, because I actually enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, I chose this one because it, it kind of covers the importance of having friendship and having somebody there who, you can, who, who can care for you when you can't care for yourself uh, mm -hmm. and, and allowing yourself to kind of lean on others, even when you don't necessarily want to. Um, and I thought that the upside showcases that beautifully throughout, throughout the film. Um, I just rewatched it for this uh, yesterday and mm -hmm. uh, I think I liked it more going through it uh, than I did the first time. Uh, wow. It really, 
to, to me seeing their friendship kind of kind of bloom throughout it's a really it's an odd couple pairing and I, and I really dug that and brian cranston is is brilliant in this film i thought and kevin hart i mean he's doing kevin hart but he's sure. he's not as over the top as he usually is which is what i i think i like about it because uh most kevin hart things he's just like really over the top and in yeah, this yeah. one he he you get a couple of those moments but he pull he reins it back and i think it makes his performance a bit better than uh, a lot of his others right on yeah i i actually have not seen it i i certainly am aware of it um but i i never got around to that movie but uh th those two can definitely be like so lovable uh, yeah. on screen, you know, so I could totally picture how they would have a great chemistry between them. And based on the subject matter of the film, uh, it, you know, it, it's good to have that when you're dealing with such heavy topics, you know? Absolutely. And it's like, this is it. Like he, he's a, a quadriplegic. So it's not like he's dying of cancer, but the whole thing about it was, like I said, having that person who, cause as you see in our friend, it, there comes a point where, Nicole can no longer take care of herself, you know? And so mm -hmm. Matt and, 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 uh, and Dane and the, the hospice nurse, and like, they have to be the ones to do that. And so it, it, that part of it really kind of stuck out to me for it. And just like being able to have somebody that you can, like I said, that you can lean on, uh, especially between Matt and Dane, that was a big part of this movie. Uh, so yeah, that was a big reason as to why I went to this one. I thought it was, a little bit different for it um because it didn't quite you know it wasn't quite the subject matter but uh sure I, obviously your, your first pick wasn't <laughs> was very different yeah. I, was, I wasn't going that route i didn't even think to go that route so uh yeah yeah you know you never know which route you're gonna end up going and my pieces to be honest are all over the place so <laughs> that's okay <laughs> Yeah. So uh, speaking of which, my next one is the 2014 Michelle Gondry, Charlie Kaufman film, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, um, right. mainly because of the way the story just jumps all over the place. And obviously here we're, we're using that kind of mechanism for a different purpose. It's more for the, uh, you know, the crumbling state of, of, of this family and just, just yeah. how... Uh, just how awful it all is. And I'm sure that for people going through something like that, uh, you know, the days and the nights and the years even just kind of start blending together and, uh, you know, trying trying to navigate all that just becomes all the more difficult and figuring out where you are. And, you know, the I believe the book took this approach as well, but certainly the director takes this approach with this movie to uh, really jump around all over the place in the story. I mean... We're, we're into the friends uh, living with them, and then all of a sudden they're meeting the friends, and then all of a sudden yeah. she's been diagnosed, all of a sudden, you know, it, it's just all over the place, and that kind of disorients you much like the characters would be in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things I actually liked about them, kind of the way they jumped around a bit, was they did a bit of a bait and switch in, in our friends, where they make you think Matt is having an affair mm -hmm. and they set up certain scenes like where they will jump back and forth and they'll set up certain scenes where it's, it's almost making that point stronger that it's him. And there's like at yeah. least three different, three different scenes where they're strengthening the, the thought that it's him. Um, and it winds up, you know, it's not, you know, they're, they're, it winds up right. being her, but I, I think that them doing, 
that kind of jumping around time uh, type of, uh, of trope. I think it worked really well for stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I really like the comparison to Eternal Sunshine. I thought that I think that's really I never would have thought to, to go there. I think that's really cool. It's such a great movie and such a uh, such an interesting uh, way to tell a story, especially yeah. a story like this, where you know, beginning to ends, I don't know that it would have the same impact. So, uh, yeah, so I'm probably glad not, they did no. it this way. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you got next? All right, my next one. Uh, it's it's a bit on the nose uh, for part. Uh, it specifically deals with just one part of the movie, but it was a part that I really enjoyed, and this is the one movie that. It's really stuck out, and it's the bucket list. Okay, because it, that that becomes uh, a, a big part in the in the center of the film is where she mm-hmm. wants to, you know, she she wants to fulfill her own bucket list. She has a whole bunch of things that she wants to do, like she wants to dye her hair blue. She wants to be the Grand Marshal uh, of Mardi Gras. Uh, she and then she wants to write letters to her to her daughters for all the major moments. Uh, in their lives that she won't be there and I, I don't know I, as I'm watching this scene I just I don't know I was glued to to the TV as I was watching it and I really it, it just it I don't know I don't know what it was about it it's such a simple scene or set of scenes um, but I feel like it really showcased what what it means to kind of have these friendships that help you along in this path, you know, they help you to, mm-hmm. to do these things that you've, you've always wanted to do when you probably wouldn't do them on your own. Right. And right. Uh, yeah, the, the, the bucket list again, another one, another movie that I just recently watched probably six months ago for the oh, very yeah. first time. And, uh, it just, it was one of the first ones that popped in my head for it. Cause I was thinking about that scene a lot. So. One of the first movies I think I ever reviewed. Really? Um, yeah, for the school paper uh, nice. back in the day. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen it since back then, but I definitely thought of it, though. I mean, I, I'm sure that phrase existed for decades before, but that's when I first heard of it. So, yeah. I mean, of course, that movie comes to mind when exactly. somebody brings up a bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I will go my next piece, and this is one that comes up a lot whenever dealing with uh, dying people, although usually it's teenage dying people, and that's Me and Earl and the Dying Girl from 2015, which I think in some ways it's almost become like shorthand for the the terminally ill teenager trope in movies, (laughs) you know, Uh, but it's also, I think, the best version of that story, and uh, along with it being such a good movie, it's also... uh, the central story being a like a about the main relationship as well as a friend and it's like these three people navigating death and and dealing with this experience uh i think makes it a really good uh you know almost like a double feature with this movie like two movies about about three people trying to navigate this this experience yeah this is one i i haven't seen yet but i've heard a lot of good things about it um and the way you kind of talked about it i don't know if i could handle doing a double feature with this <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> i mean this one wrecked me enough at the end so uh, I, don't, I don't know if i could handle that but uh i definitely it's yeah. one that i've wanted to, to check out just haven't gotten a, a chance to well if you ever uh, get stump, something stuck in your eye and you need to get the tears moving it's, <laughs> maybe it's a good way to get that going yeah fair enough. <laughs> so what do you got for your next piece all right this is uh so my last one is the big sick 
it's, okay. I, I love Kamel Nanjiani, and uh, I oh, remember yeah. seeing this in the theater when it first came out, and I I, I fell in love with it. I absolutely loved it, and I, I picked this one uh, because it kind of spoke to me about you know being there for someone even when it's not easy, you know. And we see that mm-hmm. in our friend, you know, when when Nicole kind of starts to take a turn and her the the anger starts to come out, which you know he was he was warned, you know, could happen. Um, sure. You know, and she just starts kind of flipping out on him. And uh, it's it's that obviously that's not the same thing that happens in the big sick, but it's that whole concept of, of just, like I said, being there, even when it's not the easiest thing to do. Sure. And the big sick, I mean, that the whole movie is about that. You know, he's he's in this position where he could he didn't have to be there. He could have mm-hmm. you know, left at any point, but he chose to stay. And, and deal with like her parents who didn't like him at first. And even though it was not easy, he stuck around. And uh, yeah, so that was, I, I really enjoyed that movie and uh, thought, it, thought it fit really well as a, as a puzzle piece for this. Yeah, absolutely. I love that movie. And uh, I don't know if you've, you know, had to deal with this kind of situation. I mean, I, I certainly haven't, but I mean, I got to imagine it's just, you know, the most difficult thing in the world. And they certainly, uh, you know, they, they certainly portray that within the movie. And it, it sounds like, like I was saying earlier, it sounds like in the book, it's just even more just yeah. awful. <laughs> you know, and, just... and yeah, I, I have uh, dealt with this. My dad uh, died of cancer last, last February, actually, almost a oh, year I'm sorry. ago. Um, and toward the end, yeah, he would get irate and, and things like that. And, and it, it got... Not great at the end, but so like watching these these films, it really spoke to me because I I've seen this, so like I knew that right. how accurate that kind of kind of thing was, and uh, it, you know it can be hard, but you know you you do what you you do what you do for the people that you love, so absolutely absolutely well i've got two more actually it's technically three more but uh two of them go together so uh the first one uh is a movie i didn't very much like and and it kind of speaks to the parts of the movie that uh that i didn't like so much uh that's a movie called my sister's keeper from 2009 with cameron diaz and abigail breslin which i think is like you know, talk about manipulative. I mean, that that's like a yeah. movie where it's like it it gets to as sad as can possibly be, and then just keeps getting sadder from yeah. there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I think this movie has a tendency to to lean in that direction as well, which is part of what you know is, is a little troublesome about about the film. But because of the great performances from these three leads yeah it definitely kind of saves it from really going completely my sister's keeper you know because they're all just so damn good i also think that the time jump thing that you were talking about before helps that too sure because it's not just this constant building of sadness uh you know you get sadness and then you jumps back and you get something you know funny or, or heartfelt and then it goes back into it so uh, yeah I, I think that helped to keep it from going that direction as well Definitely, definitely. And then uh, just really quickly, I'll add on these two last pieces, uh, which are both Paul Rudd movies. Uh, okay. So three Paul Rudd movies <laughs> in this list. Uh, first of all is 2011's Our Idiot Brother, uh, about these three sisters who have this idiot brother who who is just like this just sweet, just really well-meaning, well-intentioned guy who's just kind of a goof, you know, and uh, just kind of everything that goes on within the family and with with dealing with him. And uh, Jason 
Jason Siegel's character is kind of a goof, you know, in this movie. And that is obviously really helps for, uh, you know, for the family to have someone like that around. So, uh, so I thought of that. And then also another movie that Paul Rudd's got a much smaller part in though. Uh, it's called the Baxter. It's from 2005. Mm. Not a lot of people saw it. It's directed by Michael Showalter from, uh, wet hot American summer and the state and all that. Uh, and it, it's basically it's it's almost like a spoof of romantic comedies in a way, but it's hmm. it's a romantic comedy about the guy who gets left at the altar for, oh. uh, but, but you know for the 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 lead in most romantic comedies, yeah. You know? And so it's kind of just a twist on that whole thing. And so the the idea that this movie, our friend, I mean, we're we've got this this big dramatic story about this family going through this thing, but it's really about the other guy, the sweet kind of you know, silly friend who is there to help them along. Uh, you know, it, it's definitely not an exact one-to-one <laughs> of, of what's going on here, but just the fact that uh, the movie is really about uh, about that other person, that, that is kind of the heart of the film, is, is what made me think of the Baxter. And also just so I could get in another Paul Rudd movie. So I mean, I, <laughs> I've, I'd never heard of it, but now I'm intrigued and want to seek it out and, and check that one out. I love Paul Rudd, so I'll definitely check oh, that yeah. out. Is the best. Yeah. Is the best. <laughs> so uh, I will go through our list here of all the movies we just talked about, and then we'll get into some closing thoughts. But our finished puzzle includes 50-50, I Love You, Man, The Upside, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, The Bucket List, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, The Big Sick, My Sister's Keeper, Our Idiot Brother, and The Baxter. So obviously a lot of Paul Rudd, but also a lot of, a lot of movies that... Uh, you know, de- deal with obviously the the central thing here. There is a person dying, and it is a very heavy thing. But then we have these really sweet relationships that kind of help the characters through and help us through at the same yeah. time because it's such a such a heavy movie. Otherwise, but um, did you have any other like uh, thoughts about this that we didn't quite get to while talking about the puzzle pieces? Uh, I mean, I think. I think for me, you kind of touched on uh, on some of what I, you know, some of a lot of my thoughts uh, about this one. But mm. I think the central, you know, that yes, the central theme is, you know, friendship and in, in, in this, you know, dealing with with death and things like that. But I think looking at not just you know death and friendship, but the amount of sacrifice that happens in this movie was something that really stuck mm-hmm. out to me a lot um with you know the way that dane just uproots his whole life you know now yeah maybe he didn't think that he had much of a life to start with because you know we get a scene where he's about to essentially kill himself that's what he's, he's right. he goes out into the desert essentially which i thought was a really cool scene we got to see gwendolyn christie in in this movie sure. i thought that was great but um <laughs> stuff like that you don't see a lot in these kind of movies like that's the side you don't actually see like all the movies that i that i mentioned you don't get a a side like that and i I, that's something that i really liked about this that they chose to go and it wasn't the person who's sick a lot of times when they do show stuff like that it tends to be the person who is sick that has those thoughts and it's not it's it's the friend you know it's the guy who just doesn't have anything going on and now uh stuff uh, you know other stuff is going bad in, you know in his life and uh, I, I don't know i thought that was a really interesting and i thought that jason siegel 
did a really fantastic job, uh, not just in the role, but specifically in that in that sequence. Yeah, he he's he's kind of perfect uh, yeah. for for this character because you know he he's like you said he doesn't really have anything going on before he takes on this role within this family, um, but he's not like. Uh, he's not forcing himself in there either. He's not like, he's just, he's just a nice guy. He just seems like a really yeah. nice guy and, and he likes these people and he wants to take on this sacrifice, you know, and, yeah. and, and really help out. It's an interesting thing. And uh, my, my other thought that I wanted to bring up, and this is a very, maybe a strange thing. I don't know if it's a criticism or what it is exactly. Uh, I'm not sure how old you are, Josh. I, I'm 40. Um, th- 30, this I'm 36. Movie, 36. Okay, so just a little below me, but um, this movie, there's something interesting about these three main characters to me that you usually deal with a lot of movies about, like, you know, people dealing with these kinds of issues. You either get older people or you get, like, it's the teenager death movie, the tears your yeah. teenager movie, you know? But these people being my age, mm-hmm. I, I felt, they felt so... Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, but I could picture them, uh, if they weren't going through this, they'd be on film Twitter arguing about Star Wars or something like <laughs> they felt like they felt like kids, basically. Yeah. And, and I don't I don't know what it is about that. And and yes, I'm calling myself a kid as well, a 40 year old kid. But there's something about that that I just found weird, but not in a bad way, just just interesting and odd and something I hadn't really seen on screen before. Where where the the main characters are these almost like people out of a Kevin Smith movie or something like that where they're yeah. not quite grown up you know what I mean and but they're dealing with this majorly grown up life thing and uh, I just think it's an interesting twist on that yeah I agree uh, when I realized that uh, these characters were my age I was like oh okay uh, I mean yeah. obviously I know that you know like Jason Siegel and, and Casey have like are, are older but like I didn't realize that uh, Nicole is literally in the movie 36 and when right. she dies. Right. And I was like, Oh, you know, that kind of, that kind of hit me uh, because yeah, usually like you said, it's old people. Like, I mean, I have the bucket list on here and that's old sure. people. Uh, and you talked about uh, me, Earl and Zyger and that's, aren't they young kids? You know, yeah. Like they're younger. teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. So, and a lot of times it's that is, is that's what you get from it. So it is nice to see, these uh, somewhat ascend, you know, technically adults, but yeah, mm-hmm. who may not be living the movie adult lifestyle, <laughs> right. you know, right. what, the, what is portrayed in, in films as being an adult. Uh, it's yeah. a bit more realistic in that way, I thought. And I, I, yeah, I, I like that quite a bit about it. Didn't 36 and 40 year olds look so old when we were kids? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, definitely. It's so weird. <laughs> so strange. like, I'll never be like that. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. Sorry. <laughs> well, I think that about does it for our friend. Uh, Josh, did you see anything else recently that you'd like to recommend for our listeners? I mean, I just got done with uh, all of Sundance. Oh. So there's a lot of stuff uh, out there. Did you uh, have a specific favorite or something? Yeah, my favorite is a film called Coda. Okay. It is about a uh, here uh, this girl who is the uh, only hearing child of uh, a deaf family. And Mm. uh, it's about she discovers a passion for singing. And so she has to kind of she has this struggle inside of herself about whether to kind of pursue that passion or uh, remain, you know, kind of tied to her family obligations. And it was Mm. fantastic. Um, Apparently, Apple 
bought just bought it for like 25 I million so yeah. uh, it'll, it'll be getting a release sometime uh, i'm sure i'm assuming it'll get released probably in the fall for oscar bait because that's sure. how good it is but yeah if you get a chance check that out and um also i know this movie comes out i think february 12th on hbo max it's judas and the black messiah oh i can't wait to see that it's yeah i haven't so a good yet. it is fantastic so definitely definitely a good chance check that out awesome awesome well uh this was great josh uh why don't you tell people again where they can uh find your work and your website and all that all right you can find me on twitter at movie blog merc that's uh movie blog and then m-e-r-c uh you can check out my reviews at merc with a movie blog.com uh and uh, it's at movie blog merc like i said on twitter and instagram so you can check me out uh, any of those. Awesome. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being here. And maybe we'll get you back uh, one of these days. Yeah, it'd be, uh, it'd be an honor. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jams, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about our friend. Uh, thank you to Josh from Merc with a Movie Blog for joining me for that one. Great conversation. I uh, always love getting new guests on the show, getting new voices on here. So everybody that's listening, uh, if, if you are thinking, hey, I'd, I'd like to talk puzzle pieces about an upcoming movie, you should get in touch with me because let me tell you, there are a lot of movies coming out and I don't know how I'm going to cover them all, but I'm going to try to cover as many as I can. So uh, that does it for today. I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And you can rate and review us if you really enjoy what you're hearing. You can rate and review us if you don't like what you're hearing, too. But I prefer you do it if you like what you're hearing. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser to do the, uh, the rating and the reviewing. You could also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And don't forget, we also have a Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, where I combine content from Piecing It Together, as well as Awesome Movie Year, another great movie podcast that I produce, and all the other stuff I'm involved with, as well as my music career. So lots of, lots of, lots of content on that produced by David Rosen Patreon. So check it out. The more subscribers we get, the more stuff we're going to make for it. So that would be awesome. If you really like the show, maybe, maybe check that out. So uh, let's play you guys out with a piece of music like I always do. And our friend like we've talked about through this whole conversation, a very heavy movie, uh, very, very dramatic, very sad. So um, you guys remember that last year I released a soundtrack album called Beater, the original motion picture soundtrack, which included the score to a feature film called Beater, which, by the way, I'm currently working on the score for another film from the same director, Chris Johnson. Uh, it's called Jacqueline, and hopefully you'll get to hear some of that music soon. But after the film Beater, after all the music from Beater on the album, I then put all of the music from a bunch of short films I worked 
on with Chris Johnson as well, uh, because we've worked on a lot of projects together. And one of those films is a very, very sad movie called The Service of Others. And so I figured I'd play a piece from that film because it fits very well with uh, everything going on here. So this is the track. It's kind of the title track from the film that plays over the end credits called The Service of Others Reprise. And yeah, it's a, it's a very sad movie, very heavy movie. And I think this music... Uh, I think it helps sell the themes of the film and hopefully will fit here with this film, Our Friends. So this is The Service of Others Reprise. It is on the Beater Original Motion Picture soundtrack album that I released last year, which is available on iTunes and Spotify and all those places. So if you like this, go check out the rest of the album. And we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming up real soon.
an All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas.